0: Didn't take long until we were like, "Did you see the triple over there? I bet we can pull it." And it just the bike just wants you to go big. I spent unreasonable amounts of time on all of those. At times, I think I doubted myself or I sounded a little bit like a lunatic because people just sometimes look at you and they're like, "Really, dude?" <laughs> yeah, it was kind of a kind of a leap from Canyon side. Everything happened very quickly when this came about.
1: Hey everyone, I'm Chris Hall and this is the Downtime Podcast where we're going to be taking you deeper than ever into the gravity-based side of mountain biking. First up, a quick thank you to our supporting partners, We Are One Composites, Shimano and Canyon. This episode is sponsored by We Are One Composites. As a dedicated Downtime listener all know, I'm a huge advocate for We Are One's wheels and for good reason. Their reputation is built on two fundamental pillars, unparalleled attention to detail and exceptional engineering talent. We Are One's commitment to precision ensures that every component they produce meets the highest standards of quality. However, what truly distinguishes their wheels is their deep engineering understanding. By meticulously balancing stiffness and compliance, We Are One creates wheels that offer a ride which delivers on the two most important characteristics, precision and control. In years of using We Are One's wheels, I've experienced zero issues, which is a true testament to the durability and craftsmanship of We Are One. Join me in experiencing the pinnacle of wheel performance with We Are One Composites. Downtime listeners can get involved with 20% off throughout February. We Are One is offering you an exclusive 20% discount site-wide excluding frames and bikes. Simply enter the code DowntimeFebruary2024 at the end of the checkout process on we One WeR1composites.com. That's Downtime with a capital D, February with a capital F, followed by the number 2024 with no spaces. This episode is also supported by Shimano, who've recently launched their latest range of shoes designed to take the gravity mountain bike world by storm. They've got an even grippier, updated old tread sole and an improved fit and feel on the bike, thanks to their Torbal 2 sole technology, which balances stiffness and flexibility for peak performance and comfort on the trail. The range contains clip and flat pedal options along with women specific designs with a slightly tweaked fit. Shimano are serious about providing great footwear for gravity focused riding. So much so that you'll see them on one of the world's top downhill races this season. I've been testing the GF8 Gore-Tex shoes, which are a flat pedal shoe that's been built to perform in harsh, wet, cold conditions, and we've had plenty of that recently in the UK. These shoes have received incredible reviews, so I was really excited to try them. For the GF8, Shimano have tweaked the rubber chemistry of the sole to work in low temperatures, and it's worked. The grip was great. They're not heavy or hot to wear, managing somehow to breathe well, and yet on a snowy ride, combined with a pair of Merino socks, my feet never got cold. It's a reflection on just how good these shoes are that on wet and cold rides, I've not thought about them. My feet have always been comfortable and stuck to the pedals just how I want them. So if you're in the market for some new shoes, I'd highly recommend checking out Shimano's new Gravity Range over on their website mtb.shimano.com or at your local Shimano dealer. If you're not sure where your nearest dealer is, then look for the big blue button marked Find My Dealer on the Shimano MTB homepage. All right, just a couple of quick things before we get stuck into this week's episode. First, make sure you never miss an episode by following the podcast. Simply hit the follow button in your podcast app now or find dedicated buttons for all major platforms at downtimepodcast.com forward slash follow. Keep up to date with what's going on by following us at Instagram or Facebook where we're at Downtime podcast. And if you're hungry for more downtime, then join the newsletter at downtimepodcast.com forward slash newsletter. If you want to support the show, then you can join our Patreon over at downtimepodcast.com forward slash Patreon, or grab yourself some merch from downtimepodcast.com forward slash shop. Just a quick reminder that merch is now shipping locally in both the UK and the US, which is going to make US shipping cheaper than it used to be. If you prefer to watch today's episode, you can check out the podcast on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash at Downtime All the links I've mentioned are going to be in the show notes for the episode on the website, downtimepodcast.com. All right, this episode is supported by Canyon, and today I'm joined by Leo Malmed, the lead engineer behind the latest evolution of the Canyon Spectral. Leo will be sharing insights into the meticulous development process that brought forth this new iteration of the Spectral, as they take an evolutionary approach in search of trail bike perfection. But that's not all, I'm hitting the trails with Johnny Matthews to put the new Canyon Spectral through its paces. Together, we'll compare its performance against its predecessor, which we both loved, unraveling the subtle yet impactful changes that Leo and his team have crafted. Get ready for a thrilling ride as we explore the intersection of engineering prowess and real-world trail experience. So, without further ado, here's Leo Malmared, followed at around 50 minutes by Milo Jorney's experience on the trails. Leo Malmared,
0: welcome to the Downtime Podcast, man. How's things? Thanks, Chris. Um, yeah, all good. Just had some nice vacation and now we have an exciting launch, so can't complain. Yeah, before we step into that, and you went to Japan, didn't you, on the snowboard? Yeah, some proper powder. How was that? It I've was... always wanted to go yeah i can highly recommend uh i think i can say for sure it's my best trip ever um such amazing snow the people the culture the food everything is just top top notch so
1: perfect i'll keep that one on the list for sure man well before we get stuck into talking about the new version of the canyon spectral just give us like a real brief uh history how did you end up uh at canyon doing what you're doing now
0: um yeah tough to make it brief uh, it was basically my life goal since i was a kid trying to race downhill um yeah i uh, was one of the normal stoked kids doing some racing not really having the talent to go anywhere as a rider still wanting to work with bikes um figured out that yeah product development and engineering would be a good road for me and basically started doing everything i can to to get there, like in terms of studies and everything, obviously kept riding and staying in the scene. I was wrenching on the world cups for Robin and Nicholas Walner for a while, having a lot of connections just from the Swedish scene and, um, met my current boss, Daniel at Eurobike one year through, through Anton lander. And since then I'm at Canyon. Amazing. And what's your yeah. current job
1: title at Canyon?
0: Uh, product development engineer okay yeah
1: and did you did you lead the development of the previous spectral
0: correct so that was my okay. uh, that was my first big project so that's really that was really my baby like that was when my life goal turned real somehow and now <laughs> uh, i have to try and up it so uh, obviously it's a big team working on it and it's some really great teamwork but i i guess i'm the one that's been there from the very start to to now what product launch so yeah.
1: Interesting, man. Yeah. And the the outgoing spectral is a fantastic bike. Like we've spent a decent chunk of time on it on the podcast. We've done a couple of projects with it. We did the wheel size comparison where we rode all three wheel size variants and and did some timing. We did another project where we compared it to the torque and the strive. And it's it's always been a super popular bike, very easy to ride, very fun to ride, um, and also kind of capable beyond its numbers, I would say. And um you know I chatted to the guys that I've done those projects with and we were we were all kind of a bit concerned like how do you take a bike that to us felt kind of perfect like really good um and improve it we were worried that you might somehow ruin some of the magic in it um i guess the question is what gave you the confidence that you could take something that was
0: genuinely that good and improve on it yeah first of all thanks uh, i also liked the previous bike a lot so um yeah it was was a challenge it's not easy and um at times i think i doubted myself or i sounded a little bit like a lunatic because (laughs) like for the last one we made such big changes and big steps to just bring it bring it to uh, modern trail bike capabilities and now all the all the like key figures they were already fine before we started this project so it's really about every detail like going into every detail and trying to to make everything super refined so some of those things gets quite abstract and i'm quite sure i felt it on the previous bike so i knew that i at least had a direction that i think i could improve the bike but sometimes when you try and communicate a few of those things like how How the rear triangle flexes or whatever people just sometimes look at you and they're like really (laughs) really, dude (laughs) and i'm like i'm quite sure but then yeah back then we didn't really have the data on it either and we've been working on ways of measuring it and test jigs and everything so during the years we gained so much more information and tools to to know more about the bikes as well so yeah for a while there i felt more like you know surfboard shapers or something like this how i wanted to improve <laughs> yeah. this new bike but slowly the engineering is catching up and luckily uh, yeah the results we've gotten have proven that i'm that i wasn't wrong at least so
1: awesome so it's a combination of kind of your vision and uh a, like a, a natural ongoing improvement in the
0: engineering tools and techniques within canyon yeah so obviously not me but i've been since i been such a big part of both these projects this one and the previous one i'm pretty pretty much the spectral guy by now uh, obviously we get a lot of feedback from from all sides so we have great uh, great colleagues in the different parts of the world so the australian u.s british market uh we had people raising the world caps on it um we get a lot of feedback but yeah i think i'm the one that's been closest to to both these bikes so yeah, I guess that's where you get the really nitty gritty details from. Yeah, yeah.
1: So where do you start then with a project like that? Have you have you just basically sat down and kind of drawn up a list of all of the things that you want to work, go away and improve, and then you kind of need to sell that, I guess, internally to get the the funding and the the the, the workforce, the staff needed to get all
0: those things done. Can Honestly, I can't really remember, but I for sure have that kind of list in my head, and I think a lot of people have as well. Mm, the Spectral is a like hugely important bike for Canyon. Obviously, um, it's uh, a lot of people's favorite bike, and the, this category of bike is so important. And yeah, especially for Canyon, it's it suits perfectly the kind of riding around our headquarters in Koblenz, Germany, but also. For our us team it works really well for them around southern california also canyon uk around surrey hills it's perfect bike so i think there was never i mean there was never any question about not doing the project um and then um yeah we had a massive pre-development phase um before it really looking into everything if we should yeah just reconsidering everything should we swap to a different suspension platform had some crazy kinematics prototypes geometry stuff um worked on the storage which we will get to so yeah we really had that yeah thorough look if if we wanted to do a similar bike or if we wanted to do something else but we couldn't really find any good reasons to to change away from the familiar platform so that was uh, like a really good foundation before we kicked off the spectral project itself Uh um yeah just reassuring um what we know and that what we're doing is what we want to keep on doing and then yeah yeah, it's just about just about translating it (laughs) um especially so like kinematics and geometry you can test quite well with prototypes but things like uh, stiffness and tuning the flex and compliance and everything is something you can't really do with prototypes that well mm-hmm. you kind of need to have the final frame and fine-tune it in the end with layout so that's where this uh, tuning kind of mentality comes in i guess so
1: yeah
0: yeah but Interesting. yeah i've been working super closely with the yeah some other engineers for different parts of the bike but also with the industrial designers um product managers management everything we've been really involved and uh, yeah pushed really hard during the like final design phase of the project to to make it happen and then of course later on fine-tuning in the the manufacturing and the, the layups and everything too uh-huh.
1: yeah and one, one of the sort of smallest changes on the bike but one of the biggest changes i guess for the lineup within canyon is before you had three different wheel size options on the website now you've gone down to um adding this flip chip to the rear end of the bike which is super clever uh, which means i think you i think you can select at checkout basically whether you want the bike as a 29er or a mullet and then once you own it if you want to swap it it's a it's a super easy job to do but the the elegant simplicity of that uh, functionality on the bike is not I would imagine that easy to engineer, because there's a lot of things that you're trying to keep common, right? You're trying to keep the geo, right? You're trying to keep the kinematic, right? Like, how did you go about solving that problem?
0: Mm, yeah, it's kind of a tricky one, but yeah, it's not so tricky to achieve, but achieving it in an elegant and like easy to use lightweight way is a little bit tricky for sure so we were really sure that we wanted to do it without any compromises to the geometry that's why we did the previous bike like we did with the with the modular rear and front end so you could just have the full 650b full 29 and then have the 650b rear triangle and the 29 um yeah but we we learned from our own testing and ourselves that it's really nice to be able to swap rear wheels just between runs to to test it we did the same wheel size testing as you and back then it was so cool to be able to do it with one bike um but also we we learned really quickly from customers that it's just super valuable for everyone to be able to to swap wheel size later on um if only to just take the edge of deciding which one you want when you buy the bike um yeah so that was pretty clear that we should have that we needed to do it and we wanted to do it for ourselves too um, but just the flip chip, uh, we figured out that we f- if we put it there in the horse link, we could just adjust um, the BB drop to the rear to completely match the difference in in wheel radius. Mm-hmm. So that's easy thing. Then you maintain the complete creating yeah, like it should be. So you just flip the wheel and nothing really changes except for the chainstay length in this case and some small changes to the kinematics. Um, we had ways of... Uh, uh, of counteracting those two uh, to make everything completely neutral. That would obviously be, yeah, one more flip chip or something like this, but we felt like those, those effects kind of suited the difference between the wheel sizes, so we, we kept it, which made everything nice and simple. And also the geometry and kinematics changes intentionally to, to the wheel size differences. So that turned out pretty cool, I think.
1: Yeah, so it's slightly more progressive in the mullet setup, is that right?
0: Yeah, and slightly shorter chainstays.
1: Yeah, and what? so shorter chainstays like, makes sense. Why would you want to be slightly more progressive uh, with the smaller rear wheel? What's the kind of engineering reasoning behind that?
0: Mm, most of the progression is early stroke, the difference. So obviously the small wheel rolls slightly, like it doesn't have the same nice rollover as a 29er, so uh-huh. just having it a bit more supple in the top end. Uh, suits that quite well and then having a bit more ramp uh, suits quite well because i think you tend to ride the mullet a bit more aggressive and less like flowy and finessey like the 29er wants to be ridden um yeah again those kind of abstract mountain biking discussions (laughs) but you know what i mean right yeah no Uh, i totally understand yeah i hear what you're saying and you made some other changes to
1: the suspension platform so the bike's gone from being a 150mm rear end to a 140mm rear end. Um, I think you've like made the progression more linear uh, to try and improve the characteristics from your perspective. And there's also a little bit less anti squat. Can you talk us through like those three elements and the, the thinking behind those?
0: Yeah, so that was another obviously really big part of the project. Um, it kind of goes back to the spectral one to five that we did. Um, which is a little bit of a crazy bike, how, how hard you can ride with that little travel. But we love it. And uh, some, some of that character is, is so good that we wanted to bring it up to the, to the normal Spectral because it's, it's so playful and efficient and just eager when you step on the pedal. So we wanted to bring a bit more of that into, into this new Spectral without sacrificing any, any capability to go fast and hard. Um so we decided to go down in travel back to 140 like the spectral always used to be and yeah so we made uh, we didn't make the leverage curve m- more linear but more linearly progressive um okay. just to make it go a little bit deeper into the travel more often but still having enough ramp up in the end to not bottom out more um just it takes away a little bit of mid-stroke support but makes it a bit more forgiving and maybe intuitive um, for the mid-size hits let's say so yeah a bit more floaty in the mid section of the travel and just yeah less knife edgy and easier to understand what it's going to do next and yeah. uh, the anti-squat this is similar um obviously we the pedaling improves just from going down in travel, um, but we also tested that really thoroughly before the project and found that the like the negative sides of chain influence and anti squat keeps going. It always keeps going if you if you add that to the bike. But um, yeah, we figured from the testing we did that um, the perceived efficiency um, of the rear suspension didn't really decrease. Um, to a certain point and then it starts dropping off so we figured that if we go down a little bit in anti-squat for this one compared to the previous one which was obviously super efficient uh, we could get um, a little bit more suppleness and yeah less chain influence on the suspension to just not give up any traction or forgiveness uh, in the rear suspension compared to the longer travel previous bike so yeah and
1: is that something that you're gonna feel more like on a climb, say where you kind of or maybe you got to climb over some roots or some little rocky edges or something, or is that something you'll feel across the board that that initial like suppleness in the stroke, the willingness for it to to
0: to drop in? So in terms of like on the downhills, you're gonna notice it pretty much everywhere. Like okay, the, the less the suspension or the less the chain is pulling on the suspension, the better, right? Uh, on the climbing what it does is that it locks up your suspension like anti-squat locks up your suspension so you don't have the pedal pedal bob but also Mm -hmm. makes it obviously work less so that's i guess why it's perceived to not be less efficient when you go down a couple of percentage points in anti-squat because yeah maybe you have slightly more pedal bob but then the rear wheel can track the ground better so you don't have you don't lose the the energy when you have small hang-ups on roots or some small steps so I guess those ones kind of balance each other out when you just talk about small differences like a couple of percentage points uh, around yeah. the optimal area. So that was our conclusion. Uh, the bike pedals really great. I I hope you agree. I think we all do. And uh, yeah, it's one of the main goals for this bike was to yeah to increase the sensitivity and the suppleness, even if we go down and travel. And this definitely plays a big part of it. Of achieving that so
1: yeah yeah it definitely doesn't feel it didn't feel if no one had told me it had 10 mil less travel I'm not sure that I would have picked up on it personally and it definitely but it definitely does pedal uh incredibly well for the kind of bike that it is um let's talk about the changes to the geometry because this was the one that scared me more than anything um I and I think I'm probably gradually starting to understand the whole reach stuff a bit more but the reach for me and the medium and the old bike I think was 456 and it's gone up to 475 which when the guys sent the information over for the launch almost tempted me to size down to the small to get to a 450 which probably would have been a little bit too short for me but I decided I'd stick with the 475 expecting that it might cause me some issues and I might struggle a little bit with the front end of the bike but I've not felt that at all like it feels planted it feels safe i don't feel like the front end's gonna gonna drift out on me or you know get any understeer how is that a result of other numbers changing along with it that's giving me that confidence to ride the longer reach because it's definitely a more stable platform with that that longer reach there
0: mm, i don't know really like how okay. tall are you uh not very five <laughs> seven maybe five seven yeah so actually our intention with uh, obviously the reach has increased if you compare um, the frame sizes to to the previous model, but honestly we haven't done it so much to make to keep making the bike longer. In terms of riding, it's more to do with dialing it in with our sizing strategy. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, Obviously, we are direct to consumer brand and our tools for for customers to find their frame size and all of this is super valuable for us. Uh, So every, like all the frame sizes have their suggested ranges. And uh, yeah, these new reach values are just uh, the latest development to try and be on point with those recommendations, basically. Okay. Um, Yeah, but of course, a longer bike will most, most of the times feel really stable and secure in that way until you go too long and get this pushy feeling of the front wheel, the kind of understeery feeling like you're talking about. So it's great that it wasn't t- too long for you. Um, yeah. We increased the stack a little bit compared to the previous model. Maybe that's why you feel a bit more confident uh, to to ride the longer reach because you're, like the angles of your body position are probably maintained. Because
1: of the yeah, I, I figured it was pro- potentially something to do with that because I've ridden bikes at around the four six five mark, and that's where they start. I start to have problems keeping the front end in check. Oh, so okay. four seven five, I was convinced was going to be problematic, but it wasn't, and it kind of kind of surprised me that I didn't even feel like I was trying to compensate. It just worked. So oh, okay, yeah, cool. it's interesting. But yeah, it definitely adds to kind of the stability and the confidence on the bike. But another thing that was a big change really and it's coming across the range now after a little sort of teaser launch uh last year in a small volume is the the kiss system the keep it stable uh steering stabilizer which again um i'll admit to have been a little bit skeptical about and wondering like is this a you know a nice marketing thing to differentiate us from from other brands or is it actually you know um a real engineering driven thing and having ridden it and experienced it and played about with the different settings on it i'm fu- I'm fully convinced i'm sold it definitely it definitely improves things especially in the conditions we rode in which were like kind of muddy rutty um things where you, you really want the bike to hold a straight line talk us through the introduction of of kiss because it's it's a big change right to put something like that inside the bike and also kind of brand new to the market
0: yeah for sure so that's cool that's probably more than the stack that's probably what i uh, yeah, gave you this feeling uh, with the longer reach i guess that helped you with the front end um yeah it was kind of a kind of a leap from Canyon side everything happened very quickly when this came about um, so that's why we launched the uh, like the Kiss bikes before uh, on the previous uh, spectral platform those were just like small batch production 3d printed parts some cnc stuff you know just to uh, get it on the market uh, just to, to start realizing the potential. I think no one said it was perfect then, um, but we really wanted to get it out there and have people experiencing it and, and start achieving the potential of it. Um, it's, uh, it's a little bit polarizing and I think people are yeah right to be skeptical of it. Uh, of yeah. course, we've been riding bikes our whole lives and now we have something pulling on your bars Uh, it's gonna take some getting used to but uh, yeah our findings are really that for most riders uh it really has some some great uh, benefits so yeah we just encourage we don't want to force it on anyone Uh, the bike is a great bike without it you can take it out if you if you really want to um but yeah you just need to try it and get used to it and Yeah, try and find the right setting for you, the level of self-alignment you want. And yeah, it just calms everything down, makes the front end more predictable, helps you to stay online. And yeah, like I said, if you're doing a lot of jumping or if you're just skeptical in general and want your steering neutral, you can take it out. So we think it's it's good, but we don't want to force it on anyone. But it's definitely cool to try it. And if you get used to it, there are some real benefits there.
1: Yeah, definitely. and it's super easy to adjust to like on the fly, which uh, makes life easy. Literally like a yeah. two second job to, to change the, the setting on it. How would you describe, um, what that system does for people? Cause it's, it's basically just trying to pull the steering back to center, right? It's not Pretty a damper. Like it's a, it's a, it's a stabilizer in that respect.
0: Yeah. Stabilizer. You could say that I don't even know what it is, to be honest. It's, it's. <laughs> It keeps your steering more like it brings your steering back to straight, which is not saying that cornering sucks or anything. But if you if you look into the steering dynamics of the bike, obviously you have the trail, which is the lever that pulls your wheel straight when you have some resistance on the wheel, mm-hmm. and then you have the wheel flop, which is yeah just the lowering of the head tube when you turn your turn your handlebars and the front wheel. Um, both those effects can be can be good at times. Trail is almost always desirable uh, because it's a nice dynamic effect that that keeps you, yeah, keeps you <laughs> riding basically. Um, but the wheel flop can sometimes be problematic. Um, I think most people know it when your bike just turns in. Well, when you want to go straight, you just hit the catch berm and. We want to keep going straight but the bike does want to fold um so yeah. the kiss uh pretty much helps to it doesn't remove the wheel flop because it's something we need to yeah to keep riding straight but um yeah we can control it a bit more so i guess that's briefly in what it does in technical terms that we can somehow limit that uh, effect and yeah, make the bike a bit more stable for it
1: yeah yeah we felt that it was when we were in kind of deep muddy ruts where you'd often you'd almost start ping-ponging off the sides of the ruts and the bike would didn't really want to like go straight it felt with the kiss on um compared to the old bike without it that it was it just held a better line and and was a lot easier to ride in the rut without like bouncing off the sides of it
0: yeah so yeah it it just calms everything down a bit in practice if you want to get into the engineering equations when you're in the rut that's going to be all over the place because you have all kinds of lateral forces and things grabbing grabbing your tire and changing all the dynamics. But yeah, in essence, it calms everything down makes it a bit more predictable and just helps you to hold the line basically. So it's cool that you, that you noticed those things that it's intended to do. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Karma is a great way to describe it. Like switching between the two bikes. It just felt, yeah, it felt karma. It was a, a more confidence inspiring, um, bike to ride in those conditions for sure nice and then there's some other stuff that's um that's i guess less visual as well as the the change in stiffness to the bike so talk us through what you wanted to achieve there because again i don't think anything was like majorly wrong with the old one but you've wanted
0: to to find some improvements there yeah Yeah, correct so so for the previous model we it got quite a lot stiffer um we just figured it obviously can't go stiffer is not better, but. Uh, for the previous project, we went up in stiffness because with the capability of modern trail bikes, you go bigger, you go faster, or at least you can, uh, and we feel like especially front end stiffness gives you the confidence to do so like Mm -hmm. to, uh, yeah, to feel comfortable do riding the way the bike can be ridden somehow. Um, but for this one, we wanted to keep the overall values, but we, like I said, in the beginning, we wanted to tune it in a bit more. Um, to have the bike stiff where we want it and flex where we want it to. Um, so we kept the front triangle fairly stiff. And then, yeah, we wanted to stiffen up the connection from the rear triangle to the front triangle to just have all those forces more controlled, having less lateral forces going into the shock, etc. to just keep everything working in a 2D plane like it's intended to do. And then we went, like the um, the cross section of the chain stays and the seat stays, for example, are smaller to uh, to introduce more flex in the carbon parts of the rear triangle, where where we want the frame to flex and where we can control the flex a bit more. Um, so this together with the flex of the rear wheel and the tire gives you helps giving you this uh, more supple feeling and traction that you need in flat turns and off cameras and stuff. So yeah that would be the quick explanation of yeah what we wanted to achieve
1: and the, but like you said or alluded to earlier quite hard to you can't really get ahead on that you need to almost set the the geometry of the bike and get the molds made before you can really start to assess that it's not something you can do so much on a prototype correct yeah i mean you
0: can you can test things with existing parts like you know on some of the down and race bikes, you can have different uh, seat stay bridges, chain stay bridges. We've done that, cutting the bridge off and gluing on different versions, um, but it's never really the same. And you can adapt the stiffness and the flex with the layup, but it's it's only so much you can do with the layup because it also needs to have the strength and the weight uh, dialed yeah. in too. So actually, the shape of like the the shape, the geometry of the tubes uh, is is more important uh, when it comes to defining yeah the flex patterns. So yeah, that's a tricky part. And yeah, we we do our best to engineer it with uh, simulations and all our test jigs and getting more and more data. But then when you lock in the final geometry, um, you kind of have to do it by feel and yeah, take the knowledge you have and then it's down to like a certain feeling for what it's going to do somehow yeah were you pleasantly surprised
1: when you got the parts out of the mold then and got the the opportunity to ride them for the first time that must be a big day
0: yeah that was that was really cool um i remember it so well from the previous spectral the first time i rode it i was super surprised that it didn't feel the way i thought it would Uh judged from the kinematics and that's when i really started getting into flex uh, rabbit hole and with this one it's um yeah it was pretty much spot on how i imagine it and um yeah that was that was cool because for like i said for a while i thought i was going crazy there when i was talking about all these things like oh i want to move this uh this section to here and just make it two millimeters narrower there and people are like i are you sure and then yeah it turns out that it works and we send We sent some bikes uh yeah to jack for example our brand manager over in the uk and didn't really tell him anything and he just picked up on those things blindly and i was like okay this is this is good news (laughs) i wasn't going crazy
1: that's awesome to hear yeah nice one and you um you also gone and put some in-frame storage in the bike which is becoming pretty common these days it's things that people are definitely looking for on a bike but I'm guessing cutting a hole in the carbon fiber tube, it's not just as simple as that, right? Because you, you, you've you got loading going through that. It needs to be strong and safe. And you also need something that's easy to access and, and you're able to get to what you put in there.
0: Yeah, correct. Not super easy. Um, but first of all, obviously, it's a super nice feature. We cannot claim the initial innovation to it by any means. But I think it's just benefit for all, all us mountain bikers that the frames have this now. Um, we wanted to, uh, but yeah, we really wanted to look into it. And like I said, we took some serious time for it in this, uh, pre-development phase we had. So my colleague Lawrence really did some nice work engineering, uh, our take on this system with this, uh, yeah, with the latch that's super easy to operate with low forces, but it keeps the lid super snuggly and yeah, just package everything you need nicely in there. But, um, yeah, in terms of the in terms of the structure of the frame, it's a challenge because, like you say, you cut a hole, you instantly lose stiffness and strength. Um, some of this you can compensate with just sheer wall thickness and layup, but not all of it. And then also just to have enough room for the parts you want to fit in the frame requires a certain geometry. Uh, yeah, that was really really challenging but cool uh, collaboration between like me as a frame engineer, Lawrence who developed the storage, and also the industrial designers. And yeah, a crazy multiple variable optimization that we think <laughs> we pretty much nailed in the end without. Yeah, we probably sacrificed a few grams. But apart from that, it, everything worked out well. And now we're all happy to have the feature on the bike.
1: Yeah, and is that so? You've got this like asymmetrical ridge um, on the drive side below the the storage compartment. Is that there to bring back some of that strength and stiffness in that part?
0: Yeah. So the the kink in the down tube is obviously one of the weak parts in in any frame. Um, also, fitting a bottle on the lid there makes everything challenging because I think most just riders have no clue how much of a headache fitting bottles to frames are like they <laughs> they take up so much room where where you don't want to give it up um so like just everything from like the shock to the seat post to the bottle to the storage and then the kink in the down tube have having everything like that fitting and being close to optimized for their own single purposes and the complete frame is is a super big challenge so um, yeah just we wanted to keep the the kink in the down tube as tight as possible to not have a huge belly of the frame um, and then we figured out the position we have now is was quite optimal for many purposes but the bottom section got quite flat mm-hmm. which didn't really work out in terms of strength especially um maybe you could argue also like vertical stiffness even if that's not super important to ride feel in this area. Um, but with this ridge, it since we made it asymmetrical, it doesn't really affect the use of the bottle at all. But it would yeah. help quite a lot in terms of uh, strength. So that's just, yeah, we could have made everything symmetrical. But then we would have had to make a worse bend in the down tube. And by going to this level of optimization, we could Yeah, just make everything that much tighter and more optimized.
1: Yeah, I'm glad you made it asymmetrical because it could have ended up being a bit of a well when you're cleaning the bike, which we had to after this weekend. It was super nice to just have everything wash off. There's too many bikes with like little areas where everything just pools with water and mud and stuff so yeah i'm glad that it was just down one side of the frame for sure Oh yeah
0: i didn't even mention it because that didn't even cross my mind to put the ridge (laughs) on both sides also it wouldn't help much with the bottle operation um especially with this uh custom bottle i don't know if you saw it already that we I've, I've
1: seen pictures of the custom bottle, but yeah. they weren't available at the time. So yeah, so you've got like a, uh, a a bottle that fits perfectly into the shape, right? Just to get a bit more volume into the bottle.
0: Yeah, correct. So obviously the frame can run a normal 600 bottle, just like normal. Um, but <laughs> like myself and a lot of others, we we want as much water as we can uh, on our rides, especially in summer. So yeah, we came up with that idea to, to make a custom bottle that holds 850 milliliters. That just fits perfectly into the frame, um, and yeah, we could achieve that by, yeah, partly with this asymmetric shape to the frame to to give us the space, but also with a Fidlock mount that could hold such a heavy bottle, and then obviously you twist it so the rear swings out away from this asymmetric part of the frame. So uh, yeah. everything is really designed together, um, yeah, to yeah to be able to offer that uh, option for anyone who wants that amount of volume, a volume.
1: Um, yeah. yeah, nice, nice integration. Yeah. And, and another impressive integration task as a, as a short rider who generally rides a medium bike and is probably at the lower end of the kind of medium size human, um, I've never had a 200 mil drop post on a bike before. So that was a real surprise to me and um, talk us through that again. Cause I think you've got more post drop on pretty much all the models, all the posts of full insertion, and even at the lowest saddle height on all of them, you can't buzz the rear wheel on the, on the seat.
0: Yeah. So again, that, <laughs> that ties in pretty well together with everything we've been discussing, so both the, the sizing strategy, but also this kind of level of optimization and refining it. Um, so. Having the seat post fully, like to, that, it's possible to insert them fully into the frame. Is um, a little bit of a unofficial strategy from Canyon. We don't wanna, we don't wanna say, oh, your seat tube is this slow, and then you can't insert the seat post. That feels like a fraud, and that's not what we wanna do. So it's always gonna, always gonna fit all the way in, even if we have a kinked seat tube um of course the seat post really starts entering the area where the bottle that the <laughs> bottle is fighting for again yeah. it makes everything tricky um we also went up in in diameter for the seat post to just make it more robust um but yeah obviously everyone wants to have proper long uh, dropper posts and uh, it's tricky with like you said that the that the tire can bust the seat when you put it down far enough or like all the way down, but then to have the correct seat height again for the intended body size range for each frame size, it's everything is connected. It's a challenge, but yeah, we feel feel like we push the seat tube lengths as short as we can now to not have the tire busting the seat while still offering the correct uh, adjustment range with some with some nice numbers for the for the travel on the dropper post on each frame size. So yeah, yeah again definitely. just what we are on our ride ourselves and that's what we want to offer so yeah
1: it's cool it's definitely appreciate it man and there's nice. a few other like maybe smaller things but probably not insignificant from an engineering perspective so you've uh improved the cable ports the the g5 stem is a lot tidier. i think the bolts have moved in front of the steerer instead of behind and you've got that lovely little counter rotating mudguard uh on the i guess the the loam shelf as you'd call it maybe of the bike yeah. like some super nice touches huh
0: not insignificant i spent unreasonable amounts of time <laughs> on all of those but I, <laughs> it's nice that you pick it up and not everyone will um yeah what did you say first
2: uh, uh the cable, the cable routing
0: yeah, yeah. yeah so we like like we love the system that we had on the previous spectral with that is fully guided so you just Pushing your cables from the chain stays and they pop out in the front. Um, that was much more of a challenge in the previous bike to to get that dialed in. And yeah, I just wanted to to find a better way to to clamp the tubes uh, to the frame with the cable guide. So I spent really a lot of time um, in both projects trying to find the best way to do it. And I think the way we do it now with just one bolt um, that holds the cable guide and clamps the tube was was quite neat for everyone, just from our like frame production facility to just maintaining the bike and having it secure. Uh, it worked out quite well. But I don't think people understand how much energy and time that <laughs> takes to just make cable guides, <laughs> but we're but super best happy en- with these ones. They're quite yeah, nice. Yeah, the
1: best engineering often goes unnoticed, hey? Like, it's if it's good, you don't, it doesn't cause you a problem, so you don't notice it.
0: Yeah. Um, oh, that's yeah. cool. it yeah. definitely caused me problems. But I think from now on, <laughs> it's good if it's like a problem for the engineer and not for everyone else. I guess that's how it's supposed to yeah. be. Definitely, um, man. Definitely. Yeah, but that, that turned out pretty well. And then, yeah, the stem, like you said, uh, we moved the bolts from the back to the side just um, getting or like using that material in the stem a little bit and also keeping the same level of just aesthetic integration with the spacers without having crazy shaped spacers Um, so i think like we really like the stems we do and we think they're great products but obviously we're mountain bikers people want to customize their bikes the stem is probably one of the things that people swap out first We noticed that with our arrow-shaped spacers we had before, that was a little bit of a problem for some people. Um, So we just wanted to make it easier. So now everything is round, still looks super nice and integrated. Our designers are still happy, and we saved some weight and yeah, solved some other small issues—not issues, issues, but yeah, we just made the stem a bit nicer in general. So yeah, pretty cool little detail. Yeah. And that nice little mud guard as well
1: is uh, is a very tidy bit of
0: design. True. Yeah. I mean, I think most bikes have it by now. Uh, it's nice just, uh, to keep the mud out of there to make, yeah, remove some demand on the maintenance of the bike, I guess. Um, for me, I always want to make bikes that are easy to work on as well. So I didn't want to, didn't want to have something that connects both the chainstays and the front triangle to each other. So it's easy to take apart if you need to do something with your bearings or whatever. And I didn't also want to have something that rubs. um, Even if you have plastic or rubber or something that it rubs against, it will wear down, especially there where it's so much dirt. So Mm -hmm. we came up with this idea that we have these two halves that are always overlapping and co-rotating. So the gap is always covered, but nothing ever touches. again unreasonable amount of time spent on it Uh, but i think it worked out in the end when we got it dialed in uh, we had zero issues with it and it just works as intended so that's if no one notices i did my job i guess yeah
1: for sure man so what, what have i missed are there elements of the bike that you're you're super proud of that we haven't talked about
0: I mean, in the end, it's just how it rides. That's the important thing, right? Yeah. Um, for me, I'm happy we achieved this like playful, efficient feel from the one two five. But what stands out for me is the capability of a one forty trail bike nowadays. Yeah. Um, our first test, we went to La Sorera Bike Park outside of Barcelona. I don't know if you know it, but that's way, <laughs> way above the pay grade of a Spectral normally. uh, some decently sized jumps and chunky trails. And we were like, okay, we're on the small bike. Uh, we're not here to, to do any kind of sick riding. We're here to, to test the bike and see if it holds up and everything. It didn't take long until we were like, did you see the triple over there? I bet we can pull it. And it just, the bike (laughs) just wants you to go big and go fast. And then you just, after a while you remember, oh, I'm on the 140 trail bike um i think it's cool i think it's awesome that you can have this efficiency uh climbing a bike and then have that much fun and go that big and push yourself on the way down with such small travel so that's what i'm most happy about um yeah it's cool
1: yeah it is a very fun bike for sure so i mean you set out to create the perfect trail bike with this new spectral but you're an engineer, um, and engineers are generally never completely finished with things. Yeah. Um, how close do you feel you got to perfection with this one?
0: Actually, that was, I started saying it internally. It was really just a, more like a, not a joke, but yeah, really inofficial claim within the project that this time we wanted to get as close to perfection as possible. Obviously perfect is not possible um but yeah that's why we went into every detail and really tried to refine everything and i don't think i will develop the next spectral and i'm quite happy (laughs) honestly (laughs) i think there are some small stuff you can do keep learning especially about flex and stiffness um and uh, if you get into more like even if you start changing the manufacturing process to achieve some of those things you can can keep making some gains um Geometry and kinematics always keep refining, but it's yeah, it's gonna be hard to find big steps from now on. I think
1: definitely, man, it is yeah. a great bike. You've done a fantastic job, and it's cool to dig in and find about a bit more about some of the engineering and some of the challenges behind some of the the elements of it. If um, if people are intrigued, they want to find out more, they want to check out the bike is it the canyon.com website i guess is the best place to head i'm guessing it's going to be splashed over the homepage page for, for a little while
0: i think so yeah um so just about the bike in general on the website for sure i think yeah we're going to have quite a few youtube videos uh, helping you to set up set it up and okay. work on it uh, so if you decide to get one there's going to be quite a lot of information there um hopefully Hopefully, you can get in touch in person with either some someone on the trail who gets one, or through our service centers or showrooms. Um, yeah, but mainly Kenya.com, I guess. Nice awesome. one.
1: Well, thanks, thanks, Leo. It's been uh, it's been fun finding out more about it. It's been a lot of fun spending some time with the bike. It is an awesome piece of kit. You've done a fantastic job on it. Yes. Um, yeah. Thanks for your time and thanks for everything you've uh, you've put into the bike because I'm sure it was many many hours of love and attention and graft that went into it.
0: Yeah, thanks a lot. Um, I mean, I like, I like it too and it's a fun job to do so I hope more, more people can enjoy it now. Awesome. Thanks, yeah. Leo. Thanks. All right,
1: now we've heard from Leo, it's time to sit down with me and Johnny and you can hear about our impressions of the new Spectral out on the trail and we'll compare it back to the original Spectral which we both loved. Johnny Matthews, welcome back to the Downtime Podcast, mate. Thanks for having me down for a, a day of bike riding. Um, Always welcome. Thank you. And... Before we dig into comparing the new model year 24 spectral in the mullet setup with the previous um spectral mullet, maybe you should just remind us of the stuff that we've done in the past um around that bike because we we did some good testing in 2022, I think, with that with the spectral in its previous guys. Feels
2: like a long time ago now,
1: does probably was a couple of years ago,
2: yeah. So we did the uh, the wheel size testing so we had the 275 uh the full 275 the 429 and then we had the mullet and we we had ourselves and then a friend of yours uh, james and we we just went back to back on a single track and trying to determine whether wheel size did make a difference and uh, i think we concluded that uh, it did have a difference but we were more impressed with the overall capability of the bikes, I think. Yeah, for sure. We did, um, we
1: did some we did some timing as well and looked yeah. at what was quicker if people wanna check that out and yeah. they can go back to those episodes and have a look. Um and then we did the other test,
2: which was the um, spectral versus the torque. Uh, yep. And the strive. We did. And you know, they all had their benefits, but the spectral still seemed to be one of the bikes that we preferred the most. Yeah,
1: it was kind of our like overall winner out of those yeah. three is a generally great all-round bike to the point where you went away and spent your hard-earned money on getting yourself
2: a um, spectral mullet yeah 100% it was so much fun to ride that I um, yeah went and bought one and um, rode it a lot taking it to the Alps amazing bike yeah really
1: you've had it about 18 it. months now right
2: yeah I got it um, middle of 20 no middle of Twenty-two was it? Okay. Yeah, it sounds about right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. and we will yeah. start off twenty-four. So, yeah, eighteen months.
1: Yeah. yeah, happy days. Um, and I think both of us had a bit of a concern that like the bike was so good before. Have they messed with it and ruined something? <laughs> and like, I genuinely was like nervous for the first time I rode it because I didn't. I wanted to like it, but like, I was worried because it was so good. Like, how do you improve that? And I was lucky enough to get to, to go to the Canyon launch and they talked about, they knew the bike was good. They were happy with it, but they just felt there was, there were some things that they could improve. So they're not trying to totally like remake the bike, reinvent it. They've no. just tried to refine what, what they've got, which is already good. Um, we'll talk about what we did today. Um, first, I guess some caveats on our day, which are things that we couldn't, we'll Broadly speaking, couldn't control. The first of those was the weather, like which was minging.
2: Yeah. Well, but during no, actually, the ride was good, eh? Yeah, but when when I woke up this morning and the heavens were opening, <laughs> it was. oh, This could be interesting. Yeah, it? there was a
1: lot of lot of rain down, which meant the track was, to be fair, ran pretty well actually. But
2: yeah, the way we rode uh, hold, um, holds the water quite well, and yeah. it it actually wasn't physically raining anymore. So yes. Which would put a dampener on the day so to speak.
1: Um, <laughs> nice. Um, but I think like it takes a little bit of the feel away from what you're doing and it you're probably not pushing yeah. into the bike quite as much. So there's certain things that maybe we can't discern from that. However,
2: I would say that we were able to discern other things given how, um slippery and twitchy it was yes which we'll for sure we can talk about that
1: yeah definitely yeah, it helped in that side of things for sure um bike setup wise we're both on a medium both bikes are a medium and um, we were swapping bikes between us we kind of i've spent time on both the bikes in the past so we focused the, the suspension setup more towards your um weight although we're not massively different so we can both ride bikes that are pretty close um the new spectral that we had had a rock shock set, which we're less familiar with than Fox um you've spent eighteen months with that bike. I think you've had the shock tuned as well, yeah, and tweaking
2: the forks to to get them how I kind of like them and want right. them, yeah, um which, which you know, given various other episodes we've done, people weren't we supposed to <laughs> to you know, I just spent you, a bit of time puzzling on that, you're about to tweak it
1: yeah, 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 yeah. Happy so. You know, and we had 10 minutes this morning to just get it set up for body weight and basic suspension yep. positions. And also we're fairly convinced that there's some failure taking place in the rebound circuit on the fork on the new bike, um, which seemed to degrade throughout the day. Like the rebound um, damping seemed to
2: go. Yeah, we had um, to run it pretty much open to so it wasn't uh, an issue, which obviously had its issues. But. Yeah,
1: but broadly speaking, we still managed to get yeah, through fine. a lot yeah, of stuff. Yeah. We We rode one track all day. We did six runs. It's a pretty long track um, in the UK. <laughs> UK style, standards, like not yep. super steep. A couple of little steeper pitches, but not a super gnarly trail. In that respect, a good mixture of like unsupported turns, supported turns, a couple of little jumps, um, some ruts, some braking bumps, some little drops. Bit of speed. Yes, yeah, a couple of fast sections, a couple of less yep. fast sections, a few large puddles, but not too bad. <laughs> it wasn't too um, bad. So yeah, good. A good way um, to get to grips with the bike. And I was kind of pretty. Um, surprised at how easy it was to discern some of the differences. So mm. we'll we'll get stuck into that. And I, and I think what I wanted to do with you today was to not tell you what had changed on the bike and let you ride it. Um, we had the opposite experience on the Canyon launch where we were told about the changes and then went and ride it, which could potentially cloud your thoughts or mm. I just thought it'd be interesting for you. And and when I said to you, you were like, oh, I'm not an expert. I don't know what, what these measurements were, but um Give me some thoughts on what you think is different, and then we'll talk through
2: what, what is actually different and, and some of the numbers. Okay, so the obvious obvious one was the stack height was 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 bigger. Mm-hmm. Um, it felt like the um, the reach was slightly longer. Yeah. The I think well we cheated a little bit and we put the bikes up against each other. I think the <laughs> wheelbase is pretty similar. Yeah. Um, but then I'm um, then in my head I'm like well if the reach is a bit longer they've got to kind of take that away from somewhere. However, like manualing and wheeling, it felt pretty similar. So I wouldn't say that the um, the change days were much longer. I do think the bottom bracket is lower. So okay,
1: right. interesting.
2: Okay, because I clipped my pedals a couple of times on the new one okay. and I didn't
1: clip it on the other one. Okay, fair play. Could be suspension setup. Yeah, potentially like my, we had a bit more sag yeah. or whatever. My setup is superior. Yeah. So. Um, so the reach on the, the mullet that you have is four, five, six. Yeah. If I told you the reach on the bike we rode today was four, seven, five, would you be shocked? It was
2: longer. It felt longer. Yeah. I'd, maybe not that much, but. 19 mil longer. That, that's quite a when lot. When they
1: sent me, so before we went on the launch, they yeah. were like, what size bike do you need? And they sent me the reach number. And I was like, I'm not sure. I, I've generally struggled with bikes much longer than sort of 4.60 odd, 4.65. And I were almost sized down to a small, but I was like. I don't think it was a problem though, was it? No, it wasn't, which no. really surprised me. Like it doesn't feel as reachy as that number suggests. Like normally with a bike that is that long, I've struggled to keep the front end in check. And I feel so, like I'm going to lose it, but I don't on that. So what was the head angle? Head angle on this on both is the same 64. Okay. Yeah, okay. so seat angle stays the same, head angle stays the same. Yeah, um, reach is the biggest change. So, what what canyon have done, it is, felt that going up like that was noticeable riding
2: uphill. Yeah, the cockpit's more roomy. Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: for sure. You just get on the bike, you can tell it's longer, yeah. and we had
2: the same bars on, and yeah, and all of that jazz. So, yeah. it was that was quite, a yeah, fair.
1: But I thought, I genuinely thought I was going to struggle to keep the front end in check, and I've Somehow on that bike I've not felt it, yeah. which might be so. The stack is six mil higher on the new mm-hmm. bike, um, so it's a combination of various things I think. But for some reason, at four seven five, that bike
2: worked for me, which was quite I was a surprise. Yeah, yeah, and like some other characters in the mountain bike industry who have been pushing for longer, longer bikes. It, yeah, yeah, you know, it kind of makes sense. And so. yeah,
1: yeah, interesting. Um, Chainstay
2: length, I th- I think it was about the same
1: yeah it's three mil shorter actually in the mullet setup on that bike so ballpark pretty similar which i think it will help keep that sort of playful element to it
2: so the wheelbase is slightly longer then the
1: wheelbase will be slightly longer yeah yeah because same head angle but more reach yeah um what impact did they go on and the bottom bracket height uh i don't have that to hand i think it's a touch lower on the so it's 33 on the old bike offset and uh bottom bracket says 36 on the new bike so it's slightly lower yeah okay yeah but you know three mil but you know that can be enough right and if you're running perhaps we had a little more sag on that bike than dynamic yeah. sag than the yeah because obviously we're only measuring static sag yeah. and dynamic sag so um yeah could have been something to do with that but again stuff that you could
2: I yes, guess, play but, you know, I'm, I'm just, we're spitting hairs here. It wasn't an issue. Yeah. I'm, you know, you just asked me what were the differences? Yeah, and I'm yeah, like, totally. oh, well, wow, <laughs> <laughs> actually.
1: Yeah. What, um, what do you think those, certainly the reach change, what impact would you say that had on the bike for you?
2: Uh, stability. Uh, you know, that was the one thing, the, the more noticeable difference between the two was the stability of the bike. It yeah. was, um, uh, definitely more planted in corners and, um, I think one of the things we were one of the things I liked about like my my bike is how playful it was compared to the full twenty niner. Yeah, and it, it definitely felt like you were sitting more in the bike than than the twenty er Yeah, you were on the bike on the twenty nine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and I think overall the twenty er might have been uh, quicker just because of the inherent benefits of the bigger wheels. But just for like a you know day to day fun playful bike, I think the mullet was. Uh, the better bike from that respect. Mm -hmm. However, here they seem to have been able to take, you know, certain elements of the stability of the full 29er and apply it to the mullet and you're still in the bike. But I think that extra length has, uh, has just added that element of stability to it. It would take a take away an element of the playful, playfulness. I don't know. It didn't, if, you know, it's one of these balancing acts of, Playfulness versus stability, and on a day like today where it was slippier and you know we were all over the place, you know um, that element of stability just made riding it easier. Not that you know I didn't have fun on my other bike, but it was it was definitely noticeable that difference between the two bikes. It was
1: really noticeable, especially the first time I switched between the two. So I rode the new bike first, the twenty-four model year bike first, and then rode your bike the outgoing model and it felt so <laughs> twitchy and it's not and it took once i got used to that bike yeah. it felt better but it's still not as stable and as kind yeah. of confidence inspiring as that newer version and to, i don't know how they've kind of extended the bike that much and made it feel still like i can ride it i don't feel like it's too long for me which is
2: no it's good. clever yeah. but they've
1: done that They've they've basically evened out the gaps between the frame sizes. Do you think that's where the stack height comes in? Like they've yeah potentially you've gone up and back. Yeah, so your actual like effective reach of the cockpit length isn't is not actually that as hard. pronounced. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure there's something that I don't fully understand there that's happening for sure.
2: But it's good. Yeah, like, what they've done is good. Yeah,
1: and it's it's evened out the gaps between the frame sizing now. So there were yeah. some strange leaps, and I think the medium is one of the bikes that's moved further. So some of the other frame sizes won't necessarily have grown as much as yeah. the medium has. Um but again, if you didn't want the bike at that length, you could size down to the small. And yeah. Away you go.
2: I also like how they've they've gone and they've they the, you know, they've kind of um consolidated the range and they've kind of focused on the mullet, which of of the spectral range, that I thought that was the best bike. And they've now incorporated that element into every single, single model because you can changed the You've got the flip chip flip chip
1: yeah it's super neat so yeah when we tested the bikes on the last one there was a 275 a 29 and a mullet which is an incredible commitment from a brand to carry all of those parts and mm. all of those those elements they've refined it down now and they've put a flip chip into the um the chainstay which you can just turn around and it changes the bike from a, a mullet to 29 obviously you need to change the wheel but um and keeps basically everything identical apart from i believe the it becomes slightly more progressive with the mullet in, which you probably want anyway, because mm-hmm. you're getting a bit more, you're not rolling over as easy you're hitting things a bit harder with the back wheel. Um, so it's super cool. Yeah. And yeah, I think you can choose at checkout which wheel size you when you want, buy the bike, I think. And if you no, want to, cool. to have the extra wheel as well, then you can get you just that. add that on. So say you like, Oh, I like riding a mullet most of the time, but if I'm going to go race, I might want to put a 29er mm. wheel in just for that bit of extra rollover. Then two chips and a different wheel and you go in away you're, where you go. So, yeah, it's pretty cool. It's quite it's impressive. Cool. Um we're talking about stability. Canyon have made a pretty bold move I would say. So a while ago they launched the Keep it Stable the Kiss system, which is a like a sprung steering stabilizer that sits within the the top tube and wraps around the the fork steerer. Um and basically wants to bring the steering back to straight. It wants to keep the bike in a straight line. Um I think we're both fairly similarly minded that we were a bit concerned that might be a gimmick. Um, Yes. And maybe more like of a, I don't know, a marketing hype thing than an engineering led thing. And having ridden it today,
2: I think both of us have had our our minds change like quite dramatically on it. Yeah. I a hundred percent thought it was a bit of a gimmick. And um, having been aware of what a steering dampener is in the motorcross world. This is a
1: steering stabilizer,
2: not dampener to be fair, but yeah. Um, however that was my benchmark of what I un- understood in that kind of realm it was um, so it, it's got three settings
1: yeah well no you, I mean it's infinitely variable but
2: we only ran it in the middle yeah. the so, lowest yeah, yeah, and the highest Yeah. 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 just as a, yeah so it came and so um, immediately you get on the bike and it feels you know stable which for me I was like yes, it's the you know the, the reach is obviously a, a big factor there but then towards the end we went fully up, fully well the minimum yeah and then we uh, and then did another run and put it to the maximum and it was no the difference was noticeable
1: yeah how would you describe what you feel like that system was doing for you
2: so it, it, putting it on full kind of like bracketing the the kissing was a a, a good thing to do because what it meant was when it was on full, if you were say riding an unsupported off camber corner, the, the confidence and the speed, which you could carry on, on that type of corner was really, really pronounced. Or when you were in a, a rut and there was quite a few ruts today. Yeah. However, when you were say going fast, or the going fast in a straight line, where you would make minute adjust- adjustments, it, that was harder because you had to actually put more input than you would think you needed <laughs> at that speed. Yeah, yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. And the same at the slower speeds. It's you know sometimes it's you know it's yeah, it's only now that I've um you know thought about it that you sometimes when you're riding it's just these tiny movements that Micro you act- to actually actually yeah. use and if. If say on a trail there's a very specific line or gap or that you want to place your wheel, I miss those. Okay, because it you know you, you have hitting that precise movement. Yeah. Whereas in the middle setting, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't find you know. I think the middle setting was that compromise between the two. Mm-hmm. Now that's not to say that in the, if you spent more time on the bike, you just get used to that increased. Uh, input that was required, and then yeah. you, then you get the benefits of the rest of the time. But it was, um, yeah. I was I was surprised actually. Yeah, I think it was, at, at that point we'd probably gone.
1: Unless you're consciously making trade-offs, we'd probably gone too far for it for your bar width, strength setup, etc. So yeah. I, I asked the canyon guys like, how how are you going to educate people on this? Like, what's the instruction manual going to tell you to do? And their view was where you start off in the lowest setting, like the weakest yeah. spring, effectively, the, the least amount of force pulling you back straight. Um, ride it, get used to it. And then you gradually increase. You could just go all the way up if you wanted, but yeah. you gradually increase until you get to the point where you start to feel some of those things like I can't quite move it like I wanna, or yeah. I can't get it into a turn, it wants to stand up kind of thing. Then you know that you've gone that little step too far and you just back it off a notch yeah. and away you go. But yeah maybe once you do get used to it you could make especially if you're at a race i've got a
2: a race in my head where it would have been amazing
1: well yeah we were talking about this earlier right so rid of fell in nationals when it was just a muddy rut the whole way down the track pretty much
2: like it would have been it would have yeah i think made a quite a difference on that track
1: it's amazing how yeah it just it helps keep the bike straight in the rut and you're not getting like thrown about and stuff
2: Yeah. yeah i think that's it it's like you know in a rut you know, all it takes is your weight to be a little bit off and you compensate and your tyre catches either side of the rut. And I think in this instance, it just helps it, that not to happen. Yeah, it's trying <clears> to, to keep to the bike in a straight line, yeah. basically. Yeah, yeah, it saves you getting that bit of a swap yeah. on. or so something so simple is so effective. It's, it's yeah, Yeah, I think it changed both of our perspectives pretty quickly actually which, <laughs> yeah. which
1: did surprise me
2: did. Um, well, and you were like well you know just the, is the stability is that the the you know the geo of the bike or is it the you know the kiss I'm like, no it's not the kiss but it was a was, contributing factor yeah, for, for sure, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah it was a percentage given that definitely. we turned it off and turned it on again so.
1: yeah and you can take it out if you don't want to have it yeah. in the bike yeah. the bike comes with a blanking plate so if you do for any reason not get on with it but I can't see. I, wouldn't it. Take like, it I don't think there's any negatives to it, really. No, no I no. mean, it doesn't weigh very much. You, Canyon have managed to put it in at no price increase. I don't know how they've managed to do that, but they have. Um, so it's cool. Win win, I'd say. Yeah, yeah fair. And an impressive. Like, I think it's quite a bold move from a brand to put a brand new piece of technology and like yeah. that across the board. So, yeah. Yeah, fair play.
2: What more for my dad? Like. <laughs>
1: yeah, it'd be interesting. Um, would you be surprised if I told you that bike had 10 mil less travel than yours?
2: At the back or the front? Front and back. I wouldn't, not surprised. Okay. It felt like it, I said that it, and we, I would kind of put it down to the fact that I had a coil on the, on the back. Yeah. But I, yeah, I'm not surprised. Interesting. I, I'm wondering if
1: with more suspension setup time on the new bike, you could get to the point where they felt closer. Cause I didn't feel that I was on an, a lesser travel bike on that new Spectral. I must've, but I know you were saying you felt like it was quite, Chattery
2: coming through mm. the rougher stuff. But. Yeah. I, 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 now, now you mention it, I'm like, well, yeah, that could have, could have been one of the reasons why yeah. I felt a difference. Could be part of it for sure. But yeah. the, the, the suspension platforms were very different. And we're talking about something that I've spent a lot of time setting up as opposed to something we would just had out of the box. So yeah. it's 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 hard to make that judgment. For sure. On, on a one equal, trail, one large. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. On an equal playing field, you know, if we'd have, you know, swapped my suspension on, you know, I don't Who, know. knows? Who knows? More
1: more work to be done. Maybe yeah. we can get some bikes again and have a play. But yeah, so they've got our, is
2: that go a, that bike only, or is that across the entire range? That's
1: all the spectrals. All the spectrals got the yeah, same. Range. Yeah. So it's one fifty front, one forty rear, and it was one sixty front, one fifty rear. Yeah, okay. The reason being is they want to pull them away from like the Strive and okay. the other bikes in the range to make it a bit more clear yeah. where people might want to spend their money. Mm. So it's very much. I do feel a slower bike. Like, I didn't feel slower on it. I don't think you were. <laughs> so, yeah. No, but interestingly, and, and they have changed the kinematics. So, they felt like there were some, um, maybe like a bit of, you would call it hammocking in the middle of the curve. So, it maybe lacked a little bit of mid-stroke support. Um, so, they've made the bike more linearly progressive this time around. The intention being like it um, it should have a bit more support. I don't think that's something for me it's not something i was able to feel in the riding i've done on it yet purely because it's been sloppy and wet and you're not like attacking turns no. and smashing through stuff i'd like to ride it where i can push it push it a little bit more but yeah apparently they've smoothed out that which also makes the bike just a little bit more predictable like you know yeah. wherever in the stroke you are you kind of know what it's going to do it's not doing yeah. anything funny um which is kind of cool they've reduced the anti squat a little bit um which is the force that resists the pedaling of the bike mm-hmm. so in theory it might be a little bit more likely to move when you're pedaling mm-hmm. um i think i'm getting this right yeah.
2: but beyond my pay grade
1: The it should climb better so the reduction in travel and then the lower anti-sag oh, sorry anti-squat means that it's more likely to move out of the way. Like if you're climbing and you're getting over roots okay. and stuff,
2: then it should be a little more supple off the top. Um, it's a bit hard, I guess, because we were mainly riding back up on a fire road. So we 100%. probably wouldn't have noticed that. Yeah. So I think the changes
1: there were kind of hard for us to ascertain, really. Another thing they changed, again, I don't think we really massively felt, but you will have noticed one of the benefits of today. Um, they've softened the rear end of the bike. Um, they made it more supple. Uh, um a laterally. lot more flexing yeah so their belief was that the old rear end could feel a little bit harsh on occasion they liked the stiffness of the front end they weren't so keen on the stiffness of the rear so they've made that um more uh yeah more laterally flexible they've stiffened the linkage between the rear end and the front of the bike made it one piece um which means you're not getting any kind of strange loading on the shock and creating wear problems or issues there and Um I definitely didn't feel like it had a, a floppy rear end, so to speak. But again, we weren't pushing super hard. Um, would you say you noticed anything no. along those lines? Yeah, no. I think you, given the right track on the right conditions, yeah. you might. But Yeah. Um, but yeah, one of the benefits of slimming down that rear end is increased heel clearance.
2: Which was definitely a benefit for me, my Charlie Chaplin thing. So. Yeah, you do um, mark every bike you ride with your heels. Generally, you have to yeah. put a bit of thick tape on them. You've... Definitely pointed that out in the past when I've marked up some bike we've uh, been... Borrowed, borrowed, for, borrowed it. for the day. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that was good. We didn't have any the heel rub n- for you, n- which nothing, is unusual, yeah. I think. Yeah, very... I don't think I've had a bike that's not had heel rub. So that's good. Yeah,
1: happy days. Um, and then a few other bits and bobs where they've, again, just made like nice incremental improvements to the bike, I guess. So in-frame storage is becoming more and more of a must-have thing. Um, I think they've done quite a nice job on it.
2: It's neat. Yeah. It's a, it, you don't notice it. Yeah. Good. Yeah. And they've got a
1: nice bag that like tucks away so you can get yeah. tubes and bits and bobs. I believe there's a rain jacket coming as well, which will fit in there, which is pretty, pretty cool. impressive. Um, we talked about the mullet flip chip, which I think is super cool. Nice, neat just, bit of design.
2: Solid idea.
1: Yeah, they've got they still got the high low flip chip. So if you wanted to increase that bottom bracket height mm-hmm. um by a couple of mil, you can do that. And I think it takes like half a degree off the head angle or something like that. So um they were saying a few of their like ambassador pro rider kind of people prefer it like in the areas they ride, they want that little bit more mm-hmm. clearance, so they, they like that. Um what else have they done? So the mud flaps at the rear. Yeah, the counter-rotating mud flap's neat, hey? Because you've got this, the old one didn't have any coverage there and you can get dirt and grit and little stones in there and it can, if you're not careful, like can it potentially eat away at things. Yeah. Um, But yeah, they've got a piece on the swing arm and a piece on the seat tube that counter-rotate around each other, never touch and just keep all the mud out, which
2: is just a neat idea, another neat idea.
1: Yeah, Yeah. pretty nice. They've got, um, they've increased the post drop on most of the models, I think, so... There's more standover. The the actual like seat tower is lower on all the bikes. They've got full drop posts, full insertion posts across everything, which is pretty impressive. So for me and you, I've never had a bike that a 200mm dropper fits on at my height on mm-hmm. a medium. So that was a nice touch. And again, they've done all the maths to make sure that the rear, even in the lowest possible, the rear tire doesn't buzz on the saddle, cool. um, which is pretty cool. Which is why the extra small only comes in mullet because if you put a 29er rear in the extra small, it'll buzz. It'll buzz. But pretty cool that they did the maths on that. They tidied up the stem, new G5 stem. Yeah, it was so neater. Yeah. Move the bolts out of the way so you're not going to yeah. hit them with your knees, that kind of stuff. Um, Improve the cable routing and the cable ports a little bit, just neatened all that stuff up. But nothing, nothing else major. But like aesthetically, I'd say it looks pretty
2: similar. It's, it's, yeah. I think, you know, given it was under. Um, I want to say on bongo, but it's not. It's embargo. embargo. Um I think if somebody had spotted us on it, they wouldn't have noticed. Yeah, uh, you know, it just looks very similar. They've just taken something good and refined it, and I think they've they've obviously listened to us talk about it in the past because they're definitely incorporated uh, some element. But it's um it's just a good bike, just a good bike. I don't well, this is. I think know. the first run you did on it,
1: you were like, it's a canyon.
2: Yeah, I can just get on these bikes at uh, first run and ride them at a fast pace. There's no, I don't need to get used to them. And that was the case when we did the wheel size stuff. You do was just solid, predictable bikes. Really good. Yeah, easy to ride. Easy,
1: really easy to ride. Yeah, easy to ride fast as well. Eh? Especially yeah. that new one. There's definitely... Oh, the speed I, there. I think everyone would find that easier to ride faster than the old one, effectively. Because yeah. yeah, it's yeah. just that that bit of confidence in the fact that it's not quite as twitchy it's a bit more stable like it the comparing those two today in my head at least the the, it felt your bike the outgoing model felt a little bit more like the 275 Mm. when we were comparing it to the mullet or the 29er back in those tests in that it was just that little bit more feel through the bike a little bit twitchier a little bit more kind of unsettling whereas this felt like pretty calm for the most part especially considering the conditions like it was
2: yeah and i think the new one really played into those conditions where you know the the grips a bit more inconsistent um we were doing some there were some really tight lines um uh, off camber and the the grip that you could hold on the new bike was really good i remember giggling to myself a couple of times (laughs) and the pricing they managed
1: to hit i would say pretty impressive like it's basically the same price as the outgoing bike with all
2: those improvements in there, so I know good off good effort, especially in today's climate. It's uh, stick something out at the same price with as good kit on it. It's it's impressive.
1: Yeah, I I was pretty surprised when they emailed the pricing through. Actually, like oh. I, I wasn't expecting to see it at the same level as the outgoing stuff. So they've done a nice job. All right, so the big question, Johnny, the question we set out to answer is the new Spectral. Better than the old
2: Spectral. Well, I think it is. I think it is. It's it's, um. There's definitely some advantages. I. It's it's not. It's not so good that I'd want to just trade mine in. I think mine is a heck of a bike still. I would agree. And it's that playful element is something I like, but if you know if i was in the same position again and i didn't have that bike i'd probably go out and buy this bike it's really really good it's just it, not only is it another solid bike by Canyon it's got this this added flexibility to it and yeah the um the stability is um is really good i'd i'd want to spend more time on it basically I think. yeah oh yeah for sure
1: <laughs> but yeah hats off to Canyon i think we both were concerned that they were going to take something great and mess yeah. with it and they have messed with it but everything they've messed with seems yeah, to be kept, an improvement
2: they've, they've kept that and it'd be interesting to to stick it in the 29er to see whether you have that um like on the bike feeling as opposed to in the bike mm. uh and to see how the um the added reach has changes the 29er setup yeah because yeah. if if you can if it maybe feels like you're still more in the bike with that reach that the, the full twenty nine actually might be really good. I hate to think how
1: fast the oh full twenty nine is.
2: Like, it, yeah, it would be definitely worth a go yeah. in the full twenty nine setup. It could be an absolute rocket ship.
1: Nice. Let's see if I can get a twenty nine rear wheel. And we can uh, go canyon. Get riding again. <laughs> nice one, thanks, mate. Well, it was an absolute pleasure. It was fun to go and get very muddy in the slot with you today yeah. and uh, ride some bikes. Wicked. Cheers, cool. mate. All right, that's it for this episode with Leo and Johnny. I really hope you've enjoyed it. A massive thank you to Shimano for supporting this episode. Don't forget to check out their latest range of gravity-focused shoes over on their website, mtb.shimano.com, or at your local Shimano dealer. If you're not sure where your nearest dealer is, then look for the big blue button marked Find My Dealer on the Shimano MTB homepage. I can highly recommend their GF8 Gore-Tex flat pedal shoes, which are perfect for riding in wet and cold conditions. Also a massive thanks to We Are One Composites. Don't forget you can get 20% off site-wide, excluding bikes and frames for the month of February, using the code February 2024 at the checkout on WR1Composites.com. That's downtime with a capital D, February with a capital F, followed by the number 2024 with no spaces. If you want to help support the podcast this year, then the best way to do that is by visiting patreon.com forward slash downtime podcast and setting up a donation. You can also support by grabbing some of our fully updated merch lineup, which is now delivering locally in the US as well as the UK. Check that out over at downtimepodcast.com forward slash shop. Stay connected by following the podcast, hit that button in your podcast app now or visit downtimepodcast.com forward slash follow. Don't forget to follow on Instagram and Facebook too, where we're at Downtime Podcast. And for an extra dose of downtime, you can sign up to our newsletter at downtimepodcast.com forward slash newsletter. That's it for today. We're going to have another awesome episode coming up really soon, but until next time,
2: get out and ride. (laughs)